0: You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe?
1: Okay, this is going to sound kind of lame, but... <laughs> um, my girlfriend loves being with me because I'm so easily amused now, right? So, like, before when I was out there and, uh, doing dope and shit, like, I was, you know, mo- going to the movies and going out to eat. Like, that stuff stupid. You know, even when I had shit going on for me, and like, I don't want to do that. You don't know, want to get high and fucking play guitar or something. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. so I am so just like amazed by going to the movies, going out to eat and going out to comedy shows.
2: Welcome, thank you for tapping into some Untapped Keg, our podcast about sobriety and mental health where we spotlight stories that provide hope and love. Subscribe on all podcast platforms, any podcast service that you want to listen to. Leave us a five-star review so other people have an easier time finding us. Let us know how we're doing in the comments below. You can find us on all social media platforms at Untapped Keg, and we're on YouTube YouTube.com slash Keg. Look us up, subscribe, hit that bell so you know when we go live. Join the conversation and leave us a comment. Ask us a question that you'd like to hear and you can be part of the show. Right now, you can comment and we can bring it into what you're listening in those earholes. I am one of your hosts, RJ Zimmerman. I'm here with my good friend, Monte Ball. How are you doing, big guy?
0: Ooh. Um, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm I'm hot. I'm hot right now. I don't know why I'm wearing a beanie when it's 85 degrees outside here and, uh, in Virginia, but I'm doing well. Excited for our guest before we get to the great Jack. RJ, how you doing, man?
2: I, I'm pretty content. I, there was a little bit where I was kind of stressed out, but like, I don't know, the past day and a half or so, I've been able to kind of find this content level that, um, Has been very nice. So uh, I'm excited, though. I'm excited to introduce our guests. So a little bit of background. Learned about Jack from our good friend Big Kev over at Laugh for a Purpose podcast. And check that (laughs) podcast out if you don't know. He focuses on mental health. I've been a guest over there a few times. Mons has been a guest. And he's just an overall amazing human being. Let him know how much good he's putting into the world. But he hit me up about this amazing person he was having on his podcast. And um, I, think it, I think that that's the best way to uh, describe kind of our interactions as well. Jack Benjamin, uh, former met, uh, recovering meth user, six years sober. He is an advocate on Twitter. Very positive, very funny human being. He brings humor into great situations. And uh, Jack, how are you doing
0: today?
1: I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, yes, it's it's always good, man. Always, always good. It's such a blessing, uh, obviously, for us to have people like yourself jump on. And uh, as you can see right now, uh, the, my nephews are, are in the picture. Um, his his children. Um, but Jack, man, um, again, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And again, the way that we go about our show, man, it just goes wherever it goes, right? Um, we obviously have a few questions that we're going to make sure we ask you throughout this, but this is your show. This is your platform. This is your time to provide us with with who you are, um, you know, what encouraged you, inspired you to get on the path that you're on right now. And, and obviously the hopes are for our listeners to just take a little few nuggets from you. So Jack, how you doing? I'm doing
1: good. Doing really good.
0: good. Awesome, man. Awesome. So uh, let's go ahead and just dive right into it. So obviously, as what RJ already stated, it sounds like, um, you know, your drug of choice was was meth. And, and please, you know, just share with us, Jack, uh, uh, you know, how that uh, journey, you know, was for you.
1: <clears throat> All right. So um, I guess I'll take it way back. Uh, to when uh, I was a kid when I first tried it. Um, first of all, like, I mean, my first love wasn't meth, it was alcohol. Yeah. And um, when I was in middle school, I had gotten drunk. And um, the first time that I ever got drunk,
0: um,
1: I felt such a change happen. Like, how do I describe it? Like, I, I felt like my eyes were opened <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very, uh, like, I'm a nervous person. Mm-hmm. Like, I um, I don't like talking in front of people. Um, I'm social, but at the same time, I get, like, a lot of anxiety in front of people. And when I first got drunk, especially being a kid, too, it took that all away, you know, and, it, it, and uh, I felt comfortable with myself. And, um, so with that being said, after my first time getting drunk is there was rarely a day after that, that I breathed really a sober breath. Um, and if I wasn't drunk or high, I was thinking about how to get drunk or high and, um, the obsession started, right? Right. Um, I became obsessed with changing the way I felt. Um, I tried a lot of other stuff, you know, smoking weed and popping pills. And, um, when I got to high school, we were at lunch one time and some dude, uh, busted out some lines and told me it was, it was cocaine He's like, you want to do a line of coke? And I'm like, dude. At that time, I was ready to try anything. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I love getting fucked up. (laughs) Um, and I remember it was I was having problems in school too. So like, I was really and especially in math. Like, we're trying they were trying to teach me how to do algebra, and I just wasn't getting it. I didn't want to get it, but I did that first line what I thought was Coke. And later I found out it was crystal meth. And when that happened, um, it's like a light turned on and it was like, okay, it it was really like giving a kid with ADHD
0: Ritalin.
1: I I became hyper-focused.
2: I was going to ask you that. Like, do you have or think you have ADHD? Like, do you show, you know, some signs of it?
1: definitely yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: i mean definitely. me too me too <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: and that doesn't mean necessarily that i need to be on some ritalin that'd right. probably be bad for me yeah <laughs> yeah oh definitely. yeah absolutely and and the even the 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 um the chemicals are so uh similar you know phetamine and methamphetamine it's it's insane yeah but anyway um So I, it was at, it was at lunch at school. I did the line and found out it was crystal meth and I'm fucking just flying high. I feel all good. And I go back to class, my math class. And all of a sudden everything clicked. Like I was just like, I can solve for X. (laughs) 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 All of a sudden you're the star
2: student. All the smart kids are looking at you like, what is he, how, how is this possible? (laughs) I am not stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I came into
1: class like Superman. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean that's the thing with drugs and alcohol is you guys already know, it, it's there's a reason why people do it. It's fun at first. At yeah. first it works out. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know? Um and uh the other thing that um really helped or I thought it did is when I was a kid I, I, I worked. Uh, My parents had a small business where they would set up trade shows and and events and stuff. And, you know, I would get some meth and I wouldn't be tired, right? I'd, I'd be able to work. And so I used it to, um, to get stuff done. And, and I had a lot of good work ethic from working for my parents. And as I'm developing this progressive illness of the disease, where I'm becoming more dependent on the drug and for the things that I'm doing, you know, work and school and everything. It just became like hand in hand type thing, if that makes sense.
2: Um Yeah, it does make perfect sense.
1: Right. Yeah. It, it makes everything was so easy with it. And I and and that's the thing too is working from a young age, um being prideful and, and, and having, uh, the work ethic and, and, and leaving when I was 18 and grabbing a job of my own real fast and moving up in a company, you know, doing all these things. And while I'm maintaining this drug habit, I, I didn't really think I had a problem. Um, because I made my own money, you know, no, and, and, Throughout there, you know, people would intervene and they'd tell me I'd have a problem. I'd be like, no, you know, I, I, I have a job, you know, I, I work. What do you mean I have a problem? You know?
2: I Yeah, <laughs> um, completely. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't mean to butt in here, but that sounds a lot like, uh, months because oh, yeah. he has a very similar, you know, story about his as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. You start thinking, okay, I'm functional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so what's exactly. the problem and you know you hear this word a progressive illness and and i can't i can't say it enough it's a progressive illness addiction alcoholism yeah because <laughs> the longer shit happens you know the worse it gets um so I would I would be at parties and I'd be doing dope with a bunch of dope fiends and I'm off work and I would brag about my job and, and, you know, I got this, I got that, I got shit going for me, right? And I would always tell everybody that, like, as long as I have my own money coming in, you know, I'm going to keep partying and doing what I want to do. <laughs> and, you know, through the progressive illness, it came to a lot of times where, I'd be up for a week, I'd be up for 2 weeks and I'd hit a wall. Bam. Just I'd fall off and no one would hear me for hear from me like 24 hours. You know, there's there's only so many times that you could not even call in sick. You're just you, no one's heard from you.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, um I remember fucking waking up and just being like, what the fuck happened? Like, what the hell? And and you see what day it is and what time it is. And you got like 12 missed calls from your boss. (laughs) And you're like, how do you explain that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And there's so many other, you know, so many times before, you know, a company is going to let you go. and, And that's what happened. So I found myself going back on what I said. I, I would always say, oh, if, you know, if I ever lost my job, I would just quit. It's easy as that. And uh, so I lost the job. And my drinking and my using uh, increased somehow. Right. <laughs> um,
2: it's amazing how resourceful we can be, right? Like, mm. I mean, oh, that's when know, we really find stiff. out how much of a problem it is.
1: Right. It's like work. My work just got in the way of my using career. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Exactly>.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Jack, before, but before, thank you for sharing. Before we get any further in this, I kind of want to. I want to learn more about. You know why? What? What? What encouraged you uh, outside of peer pressure? What do you believe was your reasoning behind experimenting? what do you feel as if you were lacking in that moment that you thought that that line of what you thought it to believe cocaine would have given you?
1: Um, It definitely was seeing everybody else have fun and, and wanting to be a part of, you know, wanting to be included.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: That social longing, like, I would love if those people liked me. And you feel like they don't, but you really don't have any idea. And then as you are partaking in the bad influences, those people all of a sudden start to show an interest in you. Yes. Yeah, that was the same for me. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's a trip because now you think about it and you're like, I don't want to be around any of those people. (laughs) (laughs) And,
2: and, you know, at the time, you're like, you know, if only those people would talk to me, like, my life would be so much easier. Like, you know, schoolwork would be easier. Uh, My social, you know, everything after school would be easier. Like, all of this stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Should I keep going?
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. (laughs) I said this. We'll we'll, we'll just be jumping in and asking questions. I just wanted to to, to learn more about like what, what got you on this. So yeah, please, please continue.
1: So after I had lost my job and I was, um, a professional, uh, tweaker, <laughs> um, I had moved back in with my parents and working for them, kind of again, you know, um, but more of just living with them, being a bum, <laughs> um, And I just started, I started misusing their trust. I was stealing from them. I was breaking into their warehouse at night and throwing fucking parties. And I was, I was being a piece of shit to my family straight up. And they caught on to that. And they're just like, what? And also throughout this, they'd known that I had struggled with, um, with the meth off and on. But in their eyes, I was able to hide it before that, you know, like, oh, no, I don't do that stuff anymore. But, you know, they've they don't really they weren't really hip to it, though, because they didn't really do that shit, you know. So I was able to uh, trick them for so long. And But, yeah, the um the party ended. They they got tired of my shit and they had to make the whole, I, I can't imagine having to do this, but they had to make a horrible decision to boot me out. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I do know that today that that's the best thing that they could do for me is kick me out the fucking house. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so next thing, you know, I'm just, I'm homeless and I am on, I'm messing around with this girl and we would hustle and do things here and there. I, I experienced all the stages of homelessness. Like I was, i was hotel homeless like that ain't that bad (laughs) having a room and a shower and and as i started using the meth more i lost my hustle i lost the ability to do grimy shit even and next thing you know i'm living in the car homeless and then next thing you know i'm just i'm on the street homeless i got nothing and um yeah, because if someone says they're homeless, like, okay, what, what level of homelessness is it at? You know, I've experienced all three. Um It became to a point where my only hustle and making money was holding a sign in the middle of the in the middle of the intersection. And that shit killed me. Um and the reason why it killed me is I worked all my life, you know, and now I'm just sitting in the middle of the street waiting for people that are on their way to work to hand me money so I could get loaded. I just had no confidence. You know, I felt ashamed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was, I, you know, meth in the first place. Fucks with your mind and it makes you crazy, but the combination of being on the street and having that mess psychosis is it, it's intense. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the FBI was after me, yelling at bushes and shit, <laughs> like, fucking like like yeah. crazy fucking shit. Um, but while I was holding a sign, I also experienced the extreme kindness from strangers. Um, there's people, I mean, I'm not talking about people giving me money and, and food and stuff. I'm talking about the people that would stop and would tell me, Hey man, I know exactly what you're doing. Cause I used to do it too. You know, here's some other options. There's SLEs, there's rehabs, there's places that you could go that will help you get off your feet. And um, I remember this one time, this dude he rolled down the window, and he's like, hey, man, you hungry? And I'm like, yeah. And he points across the street, and he goes, meet me at that sandwich shop right there. And I was like, okay, this is kind of fucking weird. <laughs> 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 I was like, Dude, want to pick me out on a date? Like, what's going on here?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I, meet up, I go across the street, and I'm not going to say no to a sandwich. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get it back, but to <laughs> say no to a sandwich. They go over there and then it gets more weird. Like the guy's like like staying there and he wants to eat with me. And I'm like, I feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what the hell's going on? And so, but then he starts telling me, like, he starts, look, man, he's like, uh, I run an SLE, you know, a sober living environment. Um, I used to do the same exact shit you're doing. Um, he starts telling me about, you know, uh, recovery and and all these things and, and what he did was he kind of floored me because he took me, he he took the time out of his day to try to help me, right? And I'm not going to say like right after that day I got my shit together, and I, I didn't. I, I went out for probably another six months after that. But he planted a seed, and it was a big step into um, me reaching out for help and, and doing something other than what I was doing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, you know it does. does.
2: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's one of the myths about sobriety that we need to break through, right? Like the aha moment, the moment that you know we're just we're done. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's not this one moment, and it's a change. It's it's a, it's a, the seed. You said it exactly right. It's that seed that gets planted, and that seed gets planted in different ways and then eventually you know that seed grows Mm. and we start to act on it but in the moment you don't realize that the seed is planted and you know that's what I think something that needs to be more public and talked about is the fact that there's no snap of the fingers you know your fairy grandmother's there moment it's time it's steps it's little things so I'm really glad that you said that.
0: Right. Thank you. Absolutely. One thing also, Jack, that, that, you know, RJ touched on a little bit there at the beginning when you shared that, you know, things were still going well for you. And he mentioned that I have something similar. I mean, I, I played the game of football and, you know, hindsight, I always wish that there were more signs, more red flags that I would have noticed to tell me, hey, this this alcohol path is 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 not going to end well for you, um, because I kept excelling on the football field, so nothing was telling me to to really stop. And my question to you is, isn't it? I guess it's a rhetorical question in this sense, but isn't it almost? It, it's so weird how the drug that you're using, uh, how it impacts your brain, how it disguises what it's truly doing to your life, your relationships, while you're currently using it. Um, and how it makes it appear as if it's everything is going fine. Uh, that That is something that I've really just been honing in on throughout my recovery is just why that is, why that is. And so I'm glad that you shared that part, Jack. I really am.
1: I'm glad you said that, too, because for so long, um, even as I know I'm losing stuff, right, I'm losing the job, I'm losing my parents' trust. It's not me. It's fucking everybody else. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. That is how right. it feels. And that's the insanity. That's the mm. insanity of the disease. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it fucking no. tricks.
2: It. I mean, it. it no, you're right. It puts the blinders on us, right? It it brings our periphery into right here, so you can't see around. So like. You know, that, that fog, that haze that it puts on our brain is it's real. And then because everything's so hazy, all we can see is the part that's clear, which is a very small circle compared to everything else. But that's the only thing we can see. That's the only thing we can think about. So that's something that the, you know, that seed kind of does is it, you know, starts to clear things up a little bit as it's growing. So yeah, yeah, that's a very good way to put that.
0: So you get into this SLE program and, and, and then, then what, Jack? Then what?
1: No, what, no, what? no, not exactly. So, so the man had told me about SLEs and rehabs and stuff, right? Okay. Okay. I was still, okay. Even though I, I, I heard what he was saying, I wasn't ready yet. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I, I was still out in the streets for another, about another six months before I fucking just finally came. Um, and gave in, right? I surrendered. Um, after all the nights of sleeping in the cold and the rain, and and just I had nowhere else to go. You know, I didn't really have a choice. You know, like I said, I was talking to myself, fucking just out of my fucking head. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go to an SLE. What I did is I I jumped into a, um, a an inpatient rehab. Right. Hardcore six months. You're around eighty other dudes <laughs> all day. Um, and you know, I, I went in. I, I literally dragged myself in there, and um, the intake coordinator was trying to tell me about the program, and and he's like, "Yeah, you got to pass a UA." You know, um, you got to pee in a bottle and be able, you got to be clean before you come in here. And I told him, I'm like, well, I just used yesterday. He's like, all right, Jack. He's like, this is what I need you to do. And he gave me the directions to this uh, nearby detox center. And I'm sure you guys know too, like when you're, when you, when you do make that decision, okay, I'm going to get better or I want help. There's that battle going on in your brain. Oh, I could get loaded one more time. One last hurrah. And I think this dude saw the wheels spinning because he was an addict himself. So he probably knew what I was thinking. But he told me he's off Jack. He's like, just go straight there and come straight back. And I was already because I was already trying to tell him. I'm like, oh, you want me to come back on Friday? I'm like, can I come back on Monday?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs)
1: And so, dude, I I know it sounds corny, but um, I felt like I was on autopilot Like, I seriously, like, I was battling In my head, like, I want to do one last hurrah But I just, I went there And I came back And I honestly think there was A Higher power that was just Helping me fucking cope Because I can't explain what the fuck it is It wasn't me doing that mm. <laughs> Uh, And and I know that sounds corny, but that's the only way I could describe what happened because I went there as much as I was battling with myself and I came right back to the rehab after I was cleaned up a bit when my first impression of being in a place of recovery, a rehab, um, that shit floored me because all of a sudden I'm around all these people that don't want anything from me. They just want me to get better. And I wasn't used to that. Like I coming from the streets where everybody, you know, wants something from you, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, part of your hustle or they want your bag or this, that they want to use you for something. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, they, they talk about that in recovery a lot is the altruistic movement you know, doing something for someone and not expecting anything in return. And before I had worked a program and learned how to recover and learned how to fight my triggers, that's what kept me here in the beginning. If that makes sense.
0: No, it does. (laughs) Yeah. No, 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 it really does.
2: Because, I mean, you hear that a lot um, with a lot of sobriety you know no matter what it is like when you're you where and this is our society as a whole right we're individualistic but like a lot of people even if you're not in the you know the substance use world like a lot of people want something from you so all of a sudden you meet mm-hmm. people who want nothing but like the best for everybody else because that's also what they want for themselves. The only way they can get that also is by hoping the best for everybody else. Like that seems it's fake, right? It seems fake. It seems like something's wrong. Like they're, you know, they're about to throw you in a, in an oven and eat you like, <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of, kind of like the fear that starts to kick in a little bit. So, you know, like being just tossed into that, it, it is, it, it, you start to, fight yourself that this this isn't real this can't be like no
0: Mm. Mm. absolutely so jack so 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 i want to after this you said six months right you were in this 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 Uh, uh, iop for six months yeah yes very intense right very intense How, how many hours a day would you would you say it was uh, so
1: I live there like you live there, you're bunked with uh, five other dudes in a room and right, you right. you would actually go to work and you would you would it's a Salvation Army you uh, you help out in the warehouse and they called it work therapy. And since I didn't have any money, what it is, is you kind of work for your program, you work for your day there. And right. it's a, it's an amazing concept. You know, yeah, you, you, it keeps you busy. You work during the day. Afterwards, you're doing hardcore classes like anger management and all kinds of other things, um, you know. It, they incorporate the, a 12-step program, which I won't really talk about uh, in respect to uh, to AA. But mm-hmm. that's what got me better is getting into the rooms of AA and uh, working the 12 steps in there. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of like it was pretty much 24-7 in there. Okay. Okay. You know, and that makes sense too.
0: No, it does. It does. That my yeah. My question was more so. About, yeah, how many hours were you? You you kind of touched on it there the classes, right? After after you worked and anger management classes or all the other jazz, uh, you know that you did. So you did that for six months straight. Right. <laughs> that is intense. And then what, Jack? And then what? And then okay,
1: what? so. I got close to my graduation and also, by the way, as soon as, uh, my family had seen that I'm in a program and is doing better, they welcomed me back with loving arms and I was so blessed for that, you know, to have that support, but yeah, I get close to graduating and, um, I'm at a meeting and I see somebody with a work shirt from the company I told you about that I worked for before. Yep. And I you know, I kind of made a joke. I was like, yeah, I used to work for them. You know, I kind of, you know, meth kind of took that away from me. Ha ha ha. You know, and uh, he comes back a day later with an application. He's like, yeah, they remember you. And uh, they said, if you got your shit together, you got your job back. Oh, wow. What the? Fuck?
2: <laughs> I mean, that just, that goes to how much of a worker that you kind of describe, like that you left that big of an impression. That's amazing. <laughs>
1: Right? Like, what the fuck you telling me? I was fucking homeless ratch for fucking years, and all of a sudden, I get my shit killed, and <laughs> I my job back. <laughs> wow. And um, also, so, with that being said, is, now that I'm graduating this program at that point, and I got a cool job, that's a dangerous situation. I am leaving a safety bubble, and now I have money in my pocket. So, i decided to do the extended stay which was going into an sle a sober living environment because i was not ready to have a paycheck and be on my own if i were to have just gone off on my own i probably wouldn't be here today straight up
0: (laughs) okay i I think that's important that you you being honest with yourself right and i and i it's safe to assume that's something that you learned while while in the IOP correct, just being honest, being real, understanding where you are in your life and you were capable of utilizing those tools once you got out. And uh long story short, I commend you for that, man, because not not a lot of people can do that. Not a lot of people at all. Can be honest.
2: <laughs> Especially, you. I mean, that soon too, right? You're you're only right. six months and you're already being that honest with yourself that you know, that's what you need. And, yeah. you know, I think a lot of like, for me, like the hubris and pride, that still plays a lot of factors in my decision making. So like, yeah, I absolutely commend you for that. That's incredible.
1: I, I will, like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about uh, the program specifically, but I will say this is I went into there and I wasn't right with myself. I wasn't right with the rest of the world and I wasn't right with my higher power. And Mm -hmm. today I am right with all those things. I feel right with the world. I feel right with myself. I feel right with something bigger than myself.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I will also say that the disease of addiction, it's not, this or that it's not just black and white it's a spectrum it is a full spectrum and it is confusing (laughs) it is not simple Mm -hmm. there are things that i've done and do that will not work for someone else and i think more people need to understand that i agree just because you do this and this works for you it doesn't, you know, we're, we're like snowflakes. <laughs> we're <all
2: different. laughs> I like that.
0: There's
1: different, there different levels of it. You know what I mean? Like,
0: so Jack, so it's, so what I've learned is that your, the day you got clean, was that the day that you hopped into IOP oh, April, oh. April 2nd,
1: 2016? Um. April second, 2016, was my first day after being clear of all drugs and alcohol for 24 hours. That—that's okay, yeah. so. It was about a couple of days before I went into the rehab itself.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That's—I <laughs> uh, love that. That's an—that's an important day uh, for me as well. That's the, the my son's birthday. Um, oh, <laughs> a huge, so huge, huge motivator for me. And and as soon as I saw that, I was like, wow, I was like, RJ, you see that? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool stuff. And oh, so yeah. Jack, so Jack uses math. Jack obviously goes into IOP and then an SLE program. And, and, and so the question is, you know, who is Jack today? You kind of touched on it there, right? You make sure that you are right with all three of those things that you mentioned before you go to sleep and once you wake up. And so, what is it that you do today? What is your mission? What are the things that you want to accomplish moving forward?
1: Okay, so I, I try to live in in the moment. I don't try to fret on the past. I don't try mm-hmm. to trip on the future. But what I do know that works for me is helping others, and they. I want to improve on that. I want to increase the way and my ability of helping others and being useful to the rest of the world. Um, and because that helps me. There is, there is some selfishness to that. <laughs> you know, it, but, it helps me.
2: I mean, that goes back to the fact that we need to rethink how we look at selfishness, right? Like, yes, we could say that it is selfish because it does affect us, <laughs> yeah. but... Is it truly selfish? I mean, yeah you I mean, know
1: what I mean
2: yeah, no, exactly, <laughs> but what I, but when we hear selfish, like so many people take that as a negative, but it's just like you know sobriety, addiction, all this that we need to take, mental health, we need to take like the negativity out of it and spotlight yeah. the positive aspects of it, and that's the same thing with selfish, I feel like, so I'm glad that, I'm glad you said that because talking about the stuff that we talked about before. And then adding it into the stuff that we're going into now, like it's you know it's a balancing act. It's yeah, and that's that's what's uh you know a a lot of times on that spectrum that we miss that we look for those boxes we can check, but there are no boxes.
0: Absolutely. So I appreciate you sharing all that, Jack. It's never easy, right, to share that you know, that in depth personal stories of, of what you battle with strangers and people on YouTube. Um, so I'm grateful that you shared that and, and kind of getting into my next question, man, is, is how do you, how do you stay away from it? How, what do you do today? What are your hobbies? What are some of the things that you have to do every single day to stay away from meth?
1: Okay. So today it's a lot easier. I have, done immense work on myself where right. i almost don't even think about it um and that was from working the program um i want to mention this too like a lot of people say oh he's an addict or he's an alcoholic he uh he can't be around people that are drinking and this is, goes back to the spectrum of 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 the disease right For me If I'm going to Someone's house I don't expect them not to drink in front of me I'm The world drinks Yeah I'm the one that abused The privilege of indulging So the rest of the world doesn't have to change for me And I think more It's my Thinking that more people need to grasp that. Yes. <laughs> you know, whereas I'm super thankful for someone that is being considerate of that. But at the same time, who am I to say, you know, like, fuck, we all go out to eat. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be weird. You have to be able to be comfortable with that. Um. Yeah, but there, there's a lot of things I do today. There's people um, that I can't be around that I've had to give that tough love to and shove them out of my life. You know, there, and it's not necessarily just because they use or drink; it's because of the other things they do.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: um, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You start to see, yeah, when you get to that point of having to reassess. Uh, <laughs> Your inner circle, the folks who you used to spend time around, you really, with the clear mind now, you are able to see some of their manipulative tactics, right? Yes, um, exactly. Some of the things that they, that while you were using, it was just a, you know, hey, let's go have fun. And you'd be like, absolutely. But now you really can see that snake, uh, that deception, Um and so today, Jack, you know who is it that you spend a lot of your time around? Who are the folks who reinforce your 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 recovery
1: uh so I'm very lucky. I live in uh you know i rent we rent our own place. I live with my girlfriend and her daughter, and I live with my best friend too in recovery, so it's all four of us there you go and I am so fucking lucky because I just go. i all kinds of support around me um 24/7 and I'm blessed. I'm truly blessed to be in that position right now. Um cuz yeah, even uh you know my my girlfriend and her daughter, they 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 haven't fought that that battle, but they're super um supportive and, and proud of me. And then I also like I said, I got my best friend that that's in the program too and he has mm. he has a little bit more time than I do. So him and I get to uh, keep each other on track. He'll be fucking up. And I'll be like, dude, what are you doing? I'll be fucking up. He's like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, have those honest
2: conversations.
1: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: That's that. That's something that, you know, it's uh, invaluable as somebody who mm. you can have those. Those conversations with that are you can be truthful and you don't have to worry about repercussions, right? And you don't have to worry about if you're going to say things the right way, right? And if they're going to be taken the right way. Because when you say something, people aren't automatically assuming the worst of you, right? Like that is something that I think that we don't um, – uh, we we tend to take for granted because sometimes some people have that and they've had it for a long time and others – don't understand what that is because they've never had it. Yeah. So Absolutely. that's, that's awesome. I'm really happy for you there. Um, you know, when I asked you before the show, your favorite thing about yourself since sober and you answered it here was being useful to others and being of service. Um, what does that look like to you? Uh, like, let's say this week or, you know, next week or you know, what is that what do you what does that look like to Jack? Uh,
1: I mean there's so many areas where that happens. Uh the main thing I try to do, uh remember when I was that guy on holding a sign? Yeah, and mm-hmm. there was the guy that rolled down their window and told me those things? Well now I get to be that guy <laughs> rolling down oh, that window. That. And talking to that man, telling him, you know, hey, I was doing the same shit you're doing. I get it. Yeah, here's five bucks, but here's my number.
0: (laughs) No, that's important. That's important, Jack. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that is what a lot of us folks in recovery understand, right? Um, Paying it forward, it's almost an obligation, right? It almost feels like you... You you're, you feel obligated to now pass it on, pass on what you've learned, pass on what it is that you went through, just so other folks who are struggling with it know that there is a chance for me to to get out of this. And so I'm I'm really happy that you shared that. Really am because um, I can relate absolutely.
1: The other thing is actually being on Twitter and interacting with all these people, like um, you know yourselves and, and Big Kev. And reaching out to all these different audiences from different things, whether it's a giveaway community or a recovery community or mental health and helping others through that, too. I know it sounds weird, but I, I've talked to a lot of people that are just going through shit and they're complete strangers. And I will always, you know, if I'm not at work, I'm not doing something. I'll always, you know, answer someone and, and try to best of my ability to help someone through something um whatever the fuck that is you know
0: yeah, yeah 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 share with us share with us uh what this giveaway is what is this this giveaway <laughs> i mean what giveaway
1: can be just it's fun it's like i i stumbled upon it from uh from actually trading stocks all right and and then i kind of like uh, stumbled upon these other accounts that would do these little random giveaways. Um, and I haven't really thought about it in a long time, but yeah, I just kind of stumbled onto the, you start seeing these different people that are, uh, you yeah, they do little, uh, cash app giveaways or whatever it is. And then, and then I started kind of like, I'm like, yeah, I want to fucking do that. That sounds fun. You know? <laughs> and it started to kind of, uh, mixing it up with these people that, um, do different things and help people and, and uh, you know, somebody will have a need and we'll all pull together and, and, and and pull some money together and help that person with that thing that they're, you know, whatever's going on, whether it's a dad's cancer or, or, you know, getting a single mom a fucking gift for her son, you know, that's having all the time. And it just, I don't know, man, I can't explain it. It's a, it's a trip. It just feels so good to be out there, and and mixing up with these people,
0: <laughs> uh, you're, you're you're adding adding more to the repertoire, more more feelings, right? You're you're feeling your feelings <laughs> that were suppressed Absolutely. while you were using. That, that's that's the fun part about all of this. It's sometimes it's not good, right? You have to face the music and understand that some of these feelings are, are raw. Uh, but yeah, it, it is it is it is it is fun. It is fun.
2: Um, what, since you've gotten sober, all right, what is, you know, something that you enjoy doing that you find beauty in that you maybe looked at before and you're like, what, that's, that's stupid. Why would people do that? You know, is there, is there anything that is like one thing that I took for granted was, uh, bodies of water and the beauty that is around bodies of water. And I always just thought it was like whatever it just it is what it is but uh now when i look at those and it could be any body of water but there's just so much um life that happens around it that it's mm-hmm. it makes things it calms me down and it makes things uh kind of fall into perspective a little bit
1: okay this is going to sound kind of lame but <laughs> um my girlfriend loves being with me because I'm so easily amused now. Right. So like before when I was out there and uh, doing dope and shit, like I was, you know, mo- going to the movies and going out to eat, I like got stuff stupid. You know, even when I had a shit going on for me and like, I don't want to do that. You don't want to get high and fucking play guitar or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I am so just, like amazed by going to the movies, going out to eat, and going out to comedy shows, like doing normal fucking shit, really yeah. fucking it, it it floors me. Like I fucking I'm like yeah, fuck yeah, like it's my first time. You know?
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it is again because you don't remember the <laughs> your real first time, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I know it kind of sounds lame, but it is like I like doing normal fucking people shit. (laughs) But I mean,
2: that's the that's the beauty of it that like we lost that I think is important for people to hear is like just random stuff. Like, you know, one thing that I've kind of noticed the past few years is my taste buds have gotten um, sharper. So like I can pick out some different ingredients so like i really i like really simple foods now like really simple like three four ingredients like olive oil garlic pepper and noodles and that's it and let's go like that's a great meal to me but so when i was drinking you know it needed to be overpowering it needed to be right something more but it's just it doesn't have to anymore and the, like that you, you you know it sounds corny and it sounds uh all, like all this, like, uh, yeah, that's lame, but it's, it's not like, it's true. Like yeah. there, there's beauty in this world <laughs> and now we can appreciate it. <laughs> I
0: can, I'm right there with you, Jack. For me, it's grew up, right. Uh, just life was all about football, macho, this macho, that, right. and And now I'm painting. I like to paint something that oh, I yeah. just completely hated. Before I didn't care about it. Not only in my painting, I go to art shows now. I'll go to a Van Gogh display and stuff like that. Again, super relatable to you, right? Some of this stuff that I used to excuse me used to say that was boring. Now I just force myself to go, and then I always walk out or I finish the activity, and I'm like, okay, I kind of, kind of pretty cool, you know? It's it's, I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised, and so I I I I hear you, Jack. Absolutely. Uh. Oh, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. So you are doing well, Jack, huh? Sounds like everything is going right for you, man,
1: huh? I'm blessed, man. I I trip out on it. Yeah. Uh, Seriously, man, I got a real good life. And um, I I can't complain, man. Even when I think I can, I I can't.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, just to kind of put a bow on the type of person you are, you know, the whole reason that... I know you is because for your celebration for being six years sober, you looked up a somebody to donate to because you wanted to donate yeah. money in celebration. You didn't want to make it about yourself. You wanted to help other people, and then yeah. you ended up finding Big Kev and Laugh for a Purpose and his baskets for a purpose. And really, that's that's kind of led to so many opening of doors that we don't know is yeah. going to happen, but. For you to be like I'm 6 years sober, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give money away. Let's find something like that's not something that people do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just giving you your flowers, I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. you deserve right? you, you didn't just so, happen to this how this life has worked out. Like you put the work in. Whether it was the program, the sobriety, your work ethic that that company yeah. remembered you, they wanted you to come back like that's you, and you deserve it, and you know what? I'm damn proud of you too, like Absolutely. congratulations
0: Jack. If there was with everything that you shared, um you know what is one thing you would like to leave people with here on this on this episode on our YouTube channel, our audio listeners. What was one thing you'd like to leave people with. Um,
1: I'd like to leave it with people that um, if you are struggling, um, the best thing and you want help, the best thing you can do is ask, <laughs> ask for help. Um, mm. for me, before I help someone, I don't, I don't try to uh, strong arm and fucking make people get sober because you can't.
2: Because we know that that doesn't time, work, right?
1: As soon as I get a hint of somebody wants to change, I'm fucking there, man. So nobody's gonna fucking nobody's gonna try to fucking change your situation. If you want help, you got to ask for it.
0: Hmm. Mm. That that's that's that is exactly what it is, and I love how you said right. As soon as you know, you feel that they're ready, you hop on it right there because you know that window's <laughs> closing soon and very quickly. Oh. Um, <laughs> very quickly. My goodness, Jack. What part of the country are you in again?
1: Uh, Saddlesley, California.
0: Ooh, Cali. Cali, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Next time I'm out there, next time I'm out there, I'm about to come visit you, man, because I, you know, not only that I'm sure that our listeners got something from you, this is very wholesome, always wholesome for us to just hear stories and listen to folks like yourself. And I'm, I'm glad RJ mentioned it too. Your hard work, not only transitioned or transferred from your workplace, but also to, you know, get it, getting your life back. That's, that is, that's one, one hell of a story, man. One hell of Thank a story. You.
2: Jack, if people want to keep up with you, where can they find you?
1: They can find me on Twitter. Um, at Jack Benjamin with a Z. And Yeah.
2: That's so <laughs> I do I have that linked in the show notes so people will be able to find you. Um, Jack, this has been this has been amazing. like your story is it is inspiring and you know you really are somebody we can look to and be hopeful. and you you know one thing that we've talked about before on the show is peer support is just as powerful as professional and that's something you know if you're if you're struggling you can reach out to us at untapped keg untapped keg on all social medias we'll get back to you as soon as we can um and you know I think you know similar if you're struggling with uh you know your mental health reach out to laugh for a purpose DMs are open Mm -hmm. um all of us and I mean you know that's something that we can give back as well is through that and i love it i love it so um with that we are untapped keg podcast about sobriety and mental health where we spotlight stories that provide hope and love i'm one of your hosts rj zimmerman you can find this on all podcast platforms find us social media dms are open everywhere untapped Mm -hmm. keg monts where can people find you
0: you guys can find me on twitter at monte ball 28 instagram monte ball obviously our untapped cake pages as well shoot us questions topics people you want to see whatever we're going to get back to you if you want to see jack again we're going to bring jack back um rj where can they find you man
2: find me on twitter at it's trickster itz the i is the one in trickster and best way to get a hold of me is through the untapped cake pages uh you know Subscribe, share this episode if you've liked it. Um, let people know about us. Uh, we'd love to get some more eyes on. We are um, starting a men's group with uh, Laugh for a Purpose called Untapped Brotherhood for a Purpose. Uh, it will be, you know, once or twice a month. You can hit uh, Big Kev up at Laugh for a Purpose, or you can hit myself up for a Zoom link uh just going to be a group of guys that get together on Zoom share our feelings let everybody know yeah. that we're there for you and um yeah find this on YouTube so without further ado let's uh let, actually I missed something that I've been meaning to bring up and that is hey bang Can we get Jack here a little sponsorship? I mean, he puts a lot of money into you. Just send him like a case, maybe two. And uh, he really likes black cherry vanilla. Can anybody help us get Jack a couple cases of bang? Because let me tell you, this person puts as much into the community as he takes away from it. And he deserves it. I hope somebody is listening.
0: I just finished I just finished the black cherry vanilla before this episode.
2: <laughs> I told him it was ironic that he brought that up that uh, because yeah. that's what you've been drinking. So if anybody from bank can help us out with uh, Jack Benjamin here, I would absolutely love it. Just the power of the internet. Really amazing person. Just celebrate his sixth year of sobriety. Help the man out. All right. Let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today, because at least we don't make it. We tried. Have a great week, everybody. I love you. And we're off.